know you're wrong, where pointless disputes are fiercely argued. On today's episode, the absolute value of Zack Snyder's 2017 film Justice League will be determined by your hosts, middle school comic book movie aficionado Isaac, hello, and the literal Justice League employee Kate. Hey. We caught Justice League, the fifth film in the dour and desaturated DC Extended Universe on opening weekend. We entered the theater with high hopes and left with some mixed reviews. Isaac, you enjoyed the movie, yes? Yes. And Kate, is it is it fair to say that you were unimpressed? I thought it was hot garbage. Okay. Now, some people might say to each her own, there's no accounting for taste, but Kate and Isaac are not those people. As a public defender here in New York, Kate argues for a living and will not, nay, cannot rest until a just conclusion is reached. Isaac, meanwhile, is a voracious and passionate consumer of popular culture who's taken it upon himself to ensure that no hidden gem is overlooked and no entertainment is improperly appraised. So today, we are going to determine once and for all, beyond a reasonable doubt, the answer to the question that has been haunting our nation, Justice League, good or bad. Isaac's going to start us off. My dude, tell us what is good about Justice League. Okay, so I actually think many things are good about Justice League. I think that they introduced the characters very well. So, um, for example, uh, I thought the Wonder Woman bank scene was good when they introduced her being in Paris or wherever that was. So what was good about it? Um, I think it was just a good introduction to, like, yeah, here's Wonder Woman. You remember her from the last movie. Still a badass. Uh, I thought uh, Bruce Wayne's scene with Aquaman was pretty cool. I thought it was fun seeing Bruce Wayne lose to Aquaman in a fist fight. That was fun. I don't know. I thought it had some fun dialogue in it. Uh, you guys might disagree, but I thought the video with Superman that was made by the kids was kind of cute. It was kind of it was more Superman-y than soup than uh, what's his name Henry Cavill has ever been. So he actually put on a smile for once in his life. Uh, and I thought Cyborg was interesting. He was living with his dad in secret, and I thought that was a good first scene for him. And I thought uh, Bruce Wayne recruiting Flash was fun. So, but, so what did you like about all these things? I think that it was a good uh, open to all the characters showing this is what they can do, this is who they are. and So their, their personalities, their abilities were well represented efficiently in these, these opening scenes. Yes. I completely disagree. I think that the, a lot of the introductory scenes were just sort of flat and character development in general was really, really bad. Um, like Aquaman, they don't explain anything. Like, why is he not living in the underground sea palace? Like, if I were Aquaman, I would want to live in the sea palace. So it's clear that he's had some kind of exile or some kind of problem with his people or whatever, but that's never explained or anything. He's just living with some, like, Icelandic people in a, like, <laughs> clay tower, like, for no reason. Like, the cyborg guy, I, I... Again, just didn't understand what was going on with him. I guess that, like, they said, like, sort of vaguely referred to, like, oh, yeah, his dad works for Skynet and then they turn him into a machine. <laughs> um, but, it, like, they don't give me any reason to care about the character. And when Wonder Woman is trying to convince him to join the fight, he's, like, not going to do it, and then he is going to do it. And there's no, like, convincing rhetoric from Wonder Woman that, that gets him there. There's nothing that sort of 
explains why he makes the decision. The only character that is at all compelling is Ezra Miller as the Flash. Um, I thought he was great. Mm. Um, he's charming. His dialogue is funny. Uh, he's like the only one who seems to be like not phoning it in. Um, like he, he's like sort of, I don't know, he has a good balance of taking the movie seriously while still like sort of winking at the audience. Isaac, do you think that you would have liked those introductions if you weren't already familiar with the characters? Uh, I think it certainly would have been different. I think as someone that knows all of their backstories already, it is a different experience for me. Mm. Um, so I guess it does depend on the viewer themselves. Did you understand why Cyborg changed his mind? Didn't want to didn't fight with Wonder Woman? Changed his mind? Um, I, I agree that that was a little shaky. Mm. Uh, but also, it's been a little while. I don't totally remember the whole plot. <laughs> <laughs> well, that might be a point against it. I, I guess the other thing uh, that I will say about the Cyborg Wonder Woman thing and character development in general is that... Um, like, so the first Wonder Woman movie, which I did see, so, like, I did understand her backstory, sort of, um, like, introduces her as a fierce woman who's a leader, and she's, like, courageous, and she's incredibly strong, and somehow in this movie, she's been, like, hiding out, and she needs to have a man tell her, like, you know how to be a leader, you can go and lead. And she's like, oh, I can, actually, what? Like, that's dumb. That's a dumb explanation for why her character hasn't been doing anything for the past, like, however many years. Like, because she's sad about her boyfriend or whatever. Like For a hundred years. For a hundred years? Like, <laughs> that's dumb. That's so <laughs> dumb. So is that the idea, was that, that she had uh, sort of gone back on her commitment to, to defend well, mankind or whatever? I, I think... Oh, sorry, go ahead. My understanding about was that she actually was kind of around. She wasn't taking charge in humongous wars, but she was always around to stop banks. To save, save banks from the proletariat. <laughs> well, no, from bank robbers. Um, well, who are bank robbers? I, I, listen, as a, as a public <laughs> defender, like, I don't, like, bank robbers are not like... Robin Hood. Okay. They're like stealing from the rich to keep for themselves. I'm just saying, if you're like mostly retired from heroing, but you show up when a bank is being attacked, that's not, that's not like that impressive. Well, but I think Isaac is right that she's not necessarily retired from heroing. She's just like, she's like, I can't assume a leadership role in this gang of the superheroes mm. unless I get like a pep talk from I, from so, a bat from a guy so, who's not a superhero. So so Ben Affleck tells her teaches her to lean in. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's stupid. An important lesson. It's, insane. it's stupid. <laughs> All right. So, so uh, what what's your case against the movie? Uh, my case in, in general, like well, I, I think, look, point. I, I the point character point. development I thought was was pretty shaky. I mean, there there are there were some moments where I I felt like they were sort of starting to get the spark of like chemistry between the actors. Like some of the Wonder Woman Batman scenes were okay. Um, but in general, I just felt like there was this huge mishma mismatch between Zack Snyder's, like, ponderous, terrible, over-heavy, like, bleached world and Joss Whedon's sort of sparkly writing. Yeah. And, like, as an example, and, you know, I think a lot of people have said this, like, you can, you can often tell which were the Joss Whedon lines and which were not. 
and it's somewhere near the end, uh, there's, like, a sort of playful moment in the, like, battle against the, like, weird, angry tree villain, um, and (laughs) Wonder Woman is like, oh, because I work with children, like, what the hell is that? Like, there hasn't been a joke in this entire movie, or there's been, like, three jokes, and all of a sudden she's like, (laughs) my goofy band of man friends, like, no, that's not what's been going on, um, and, you know, like, I, I thought the plot development was bad. Um, I, and I'm just, I mean, in general, this is not necessarily a critique of this movie. I'm just really tired of uh, apocalyptic storylines and super movies, superhero movies. Like, does it always have to be, like, somebody wants to end the world because he does? Right. Well, and also, the end of the world is sort of fine, right? Like, that's not a problem. We won't be here. It's okay. Yeah. Like, well, you don't and, have to go and, on living. I, I mean, and, 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 and actually, dumb. another point about that is that you know, it's a movie about the end of the world, and there there appears to be only one family in the entire world. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just this just one Russian family, and they're the only people who live in this world, and that's like, uh, that's it. So, so Isaac, to the point about the mismatch between the the visual style and the dialogue, do you do you agree? Disagree? Um. I agree that it was that it was easy to tell when a scene was done by Joss Whedon or uh, Zack Snyder, and I also agree that Zack Snyder is a pretty horrible director. And when I say horrible, I mean I really dislike his style. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that he has done tons of movies, especially he's done a lot of DC movies where it's just been dark for no reason. Just, yeah. Just with no like gravity, gravity to anything. Or just fun. And I think that the parts that Joss Whedon was able to change, he changed well. So I think a lot of the better scenes in the movie were the ones that were clearly done by Joss Whedon. And I thought that there was actually a lot of funny funny scenes in this movie okay. that there definitely weren't going to be when it was Zack Snyder. But I think that he got a little bit enough time to change some scenes. Okay, so Isaac, you, I think, it sounds like you sort of expected the grim world of Zack Snyder. And so even though the stuff that appears to have been added in by Joss Whedon was uh, noticeable, you felt that it was an improvement on what you were expecting. Well, I was going... I was not going into Justice League with high hopes. I was going into Justice League being like, look, I really enjoy these characters. I think they're great. I love it. I never read the comic books, but I know that you watch a lot of the animated series. I've loved a lot of that stuff. I love the specific character TV shows. I love the um, Flash and Arrow TV show. Those are a lot of fun. Um, But after BBS and Suicide Squad, I was not going into this with high hopes, and I was surprised and is BBS Batman Batman a little happy when I was watching. To hear like actual levity in the movie and actual like jokes, you know. Yeah. I could tell that like the guy that did Avengers put some work into this movie. Yeah, but it was just like it was like a Frankenstein's monster. Like it, it was like they they had like one movie and then they sort of superimposed some. Tried to superimpose some brightness and it it just totally. I think, did not hold together. Right. So I actually <laughs> think that 
I assume that he did a lot of work on Flash. Because throughout the whole movie, Flash was always uplifting, always happy, excited about what he was doing, or scared in a way that like actually kind of made you care about the character. Mm-hmm. And I think that I would have to assume Josh put the most work into him. Yeah. And I actually think that he blended in well with the other characters. As in, I think Flash kind of uplifted with his happiness uplifted the characters with him yeah he he was very he was very very charming and like and positive um but hey he again just felt like some he was like a sore or like not sore thumb sticking out of like a trash heap like um and another i i think i think that whoever it was was trying to do something like that with aquaman but because we didn't know anything about his character and because for whatever reason that like magic touch wasn't there, whether it was because the actor or the writing or the dialogue or whatever, um, Aquaman just felt to me like the Kool-Aid guy. Like he was just like bursting in and being like, oh yeah, um, and like drinking whiskey in slow motion. Like what the hell was all of that? He was like supposed to be like some like metal god. I, I don't know. It just didn't, that did not ring true for me. Um. Um, as, as someone familiar with the characters already and who has an affection for all those characters, did you did you like the way they they did they handled Aquaman? So what we got of Aquaman, I actually I enjoyed, okay. but I do agree that we should have gotten more, because I think that what I think they had a good start. They had I thought was a good actor for him, uh, some all right way, ways to go with him plot points wise. Yeah. But they just didn't do much with him. And part of that is because, number one, you have a lot of characters that all need to get equal screen time. And number two, DC is very clearly trying to catch up to with Marvel, so they're rushing. Before we got Avengers, we got many different solo movies, which could explain which, so you don't have to do the character development in the actual movie. You can do it in their solo movie. And we got, like, sort of a Batman solo movie... And a Superman movie. And that was it. Right, that scene... And Wonder Woman, sorry. So I thought Wonder Woman was good, and you didn't have to have her, like, do... You didn't have to go through her backstory, because you already knew who she was. So I thought the person that was, like, written well was Wonder Woman, since we didn't right, have to go through we a whole other thing. Character. Hmm. Um, can we talk about how the villain was, like... No, we can't talk about that yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, just just to the point you were making, I'm uh, thinking about the scene at the end of Civil War, the airport scene, which we we all love, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that only works because each of those characters has had their own movie, basically. Right. And so their style, their fighting styles have been introduced, their personalities have been introduced, right, and the only, these jokes yeah. that are sort of callbacks to the previous movies, all of that only works, and the meshing of personalities only right. works. The only reason that you understand why each character in that movie is on one side is because of their right. masters. Well, actually, isn't, yeah. isn't Civil War the one where they introduce the, like, Spider-Man. They do, but they so they introduce one new character. Right. And but and it Black doesn't Panther. feel I, I I mean I guess right. the difference is they're introducing three new characters in this movie. But like Except the thing is that they do it well. As in yeah, they, they have the Russo brothers or direct whatever they're called the Russo brothers. They just like they got a great actor to play a young happy Spider-Man and they just work Black Panther in very well. But well, and they the spend movie. a lot of time on Black, Black Panther, Panther too. They spend a lot of time on Black Panther, and they spend a lot of time on Spider-Man in, in that movie. 
Yeah, but it, that does see that does sort of make it feel to me like they should have been able to, to, to introduce three. Yeah, it, it's just just a bad movie. Yes, but the it's difference is just, Zack Snyder and the Russo brothers. Yeah, that's fair. Well, yeah, so Zack Snyder should be fired or something. I agree. With like you. I, I mean, I I don't know. I guess I I learned when researching for this that uh, apparently his daughter committed suicide or something, which is why he pulled out. So you know, which is but... horrifying and very upsetting, and it makes us all feel guilty for talking shit about what a crappy director he is. But he's terrible at his job, and you know, and personal he destroyed, tragedy is... and he destroyed Watchmen, and no one should ever forgive him for that. So yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so sorry, Kate, the villain. Uh, the villain was so dumb. And, like, the, the, the sort of, like, what he's building toward is, like, I'm going to take these three magic science boxes, and, and like, once I, <laughs> once I unite the science boxes, the world will become terrible. But then the way that the, the plot resolves is that once the boxes are actually united, so, like, the bad thing that is supposed to happen has happened, Cyborg is like, wait, I can science it. I can pull it apart. Like, there's no, that doesn't make any sense to me. No, like, that makes perfect sense. The boxes are science and Cyborg is science, so his science can undo just, the other science. It's so dumb. And then, I don't know, like, the guy just looked like his, the CGI or whatever, like, made him look like a tree foot. Like, he just, like, looked so <laughs> dumb. Also, that his name what is Steppenwolf. Like, I don't know if that's, like, it's, is that a thing from the comic books? He, he looks like an ant. He did look like it did. That's what I'm saying. Like, his, his face looked like a root structure. Like, I guess it was supposed to be, like, like uh, like the villain from Legend, you know? Like, he's, like, a demon or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I just thought he looked stupid. And, mm-hmm. like, wood. Like, his face looked like wood. And his personality looked like wood. Yeah, well, and the other thing is, like, okay, so so in the in the, like, before times, all of the races of the Earth come together, and that's the only way that they can avoid this catastrophe. And then, like five people who have never met each other like one of whom isn't even actually like a superhero can somehow like do the same thing that the other people so well all the races of the earth water man and and science man (laughs) and batman and and greek lady come together and okay and also like sorry i'm just gonna point out that number one uh diane is a god technically right demigod and there was no, they had, the people before, there was a lot of them, but there was no Superman. And if you think about it, like, they were losing. Like, he was getting all the boxes. No, they, um, they, they did it. They got the boxes away from him. They hid them in three In the very end when they had Superman. I mean, Superman is, like... Oh, you're the, saying that, not that the, the races of men were losing, yeah, they, they the, didn't the heroes have Superman. I'm, I'm, and, trying, and to point out, I'm yeah. trying to point out that the group that... Batman had the only reason they even revived Superman in the first place was because they were like, We're losing. We need Superman to do this. Right. But So they were not doing it by themselves. They had the by far the most powerful one of those powerful beings in all of the DC universe help them. But Kate raises a, a an interesting point that I think is sort of fundamental to to superhero stories in general, which is that the, the work of the society is now taken on by one individual who's just supposed to be trusted by everybody else, right? right? So rather than, like, all of these, the peoples of the, the world, like, coming together to do this fight, it's like, oh, no, we have champions now who do the work for us. Yes, but it's and, not like it was, it's not like it was 30 years ago when they first, that when they got rid of uh, Seven Wolf. It was a very long time ago. Like, yeah. when the Amazons were still fighting along with men. But why is the solution now, like... The ubermenches go do the work for us. Like trust, trust the adults. Like 
daddy will take care of us rather right. than well and in fact like like a job that everyone has to come together to marvel to tries to grapple with that a little bit like they sort of talk about like okay so there was this big like war battle and you destroyed our city and we're pissed now right <laughs> um and i just like again going back to like there, there's no civilians in this end of the world movie like and in fact i think batman says at some point to alfred like i don't need to know this world i just need to save it and it's like well no that's the like so why do we care whether you're saving the world if you don't care about any of the people in it or like that it's there you know like i i I just don't, I, it, there's like no consequence for this battle to me. Absolutely. And under the current political circumstances, the story of like the, the strongest, most powerful people will take care of us and do what's right. You know, that becomes a hard story for me to believe. Right. Particularly when the, the members of this group don't even seem to like each other or tolerate each other. In, in so, so I happen to disagree with that. I actually think that they showed a good relationship between Wonder Woman and Cyborg, Wonder Woman and Batman, Wonder Woman and Flash, Flash and everybody, um, but not really much between Aquaman and anybody. That's doesn't, true. But, doesn't the Flash at some point say, like, oh, Batman, you're being such a jerk that, like, we're going to, like, side with Wonder Woman if she decides to kill you or whatever? Like, well, like they're all, like, fighting the whole time. I mean, to me, that sounded like a joke, but... It did. It was a joke, but wasn't it true that Wonder Woman and Batman were fighting the whole movie? Uh, fans fight. True. Yeah, but the, it wasn't like it wasn't playful fighting, and I, and I guess I sort of feel like if we don't care about the world that they're saving, and we don't care about the villain, then and and we don't care about this group of people because there's no like personal chemistry. Then why are we even sitting here watching this movie? To watch people punch each other really hard. Yeah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, let's get to people punching each other. Before we do, I think you, you make a good point that friends fight and that, that like, uh, conflict within relationships is, is something you'd expect to see. But and it, and it sort of convinces you that those relationships are, in fact, close and caring. But did you, did you feel like... Friends don't only fight, right? Did you feel like these characters were fighting because they cared about each other or because they didn't like each other? I think... I think Wonder Woman, I think, I mean, the only, you don't, you don't jab at somebody if you're not jabbing at them for a reason. As in, Batman was getting annoyed with Wonder Woman for not taking up a leadership role. Like, you don't just randomly go up to someone on the street and get mad at them about that. Like, number one, even if the movie doesn't make it seem so, the characters are in an apocalyptic scenario. It's like, maybe everyone doesn't, everyone's a little tightened up. Um... I think that Batman, in his own weird stalker way, cares about Wonder Woman and wants like her to be confident in herself, and that's why I think he asked for a take of a leadership role. What do you think about that, Kate? I, I, I don't know. I think that's a generous. <laughs> if I were to get you lean in for Valentine's Day, would you see that as a sign of love? Uh, no, I would. I would see it as a sign of divorce. Yeah, that's a fair point. Okay. That's a fair point. All right, so so we do get to see people punch each other. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. we do. We get to see a lot of people punch each other. Uh, is, that, is that gratifying? Did we get what we want out of those scenes? Um, I, I got it what I wanted out of people punching each other really hard. Yeah. Um, not specifically people punching each other really hard. I, like, I thought there were some great individual action sequences. I thought that there were some great action sequences, which showcase the hero's power very well. So I think that they really nailed Wonder Woman's uh, strength 
and agility. Uh, for example, bank scene, like deflecting all the bullets, quickly throwing the bomb out of the bank. I thought that that was like a great, right, this is Wonder Woman. She's awesome. Uh, I think that even though we didn't get a as much as I wanted, they did flash Flash's speed pretty well. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought a great scene was when um, when Wonder Woman lost her sword and she was diving down to get it when slow motion when he tipped it back at her. I thought that was great. So what was great about it was that like their their differing powers had to like work in concert. Right. I also think they did the Amazonians really well. So I thought the scene when the Amazons were trying to keep their mother box away from Steppenwolf was really cool. Like they were on, they were like shooting it with bows and arrows, like away from him in like a chase scene. And I was, I was, I, I really liked that scene. I thought it was fun and a great showcase of like Amazonians. I love that scene. I, so the the scene on the the lady place, um, the the like uh, Themyscira or whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah, um, there you go. Uh, that one was fun, but in general, I thought that the action sequences were like almost incoherent. Like they were so f they, like the the cuts happened so fast, um, and I I really had trouble following like what was going on or, or where we were shooting from. I mean, there were some nice visual sequences like um the scene where superman wakes up from his long nap and uh, the flash is trying to like trick him or whatever or, like go too fast yeah, and they have a shot of him going on behind that was cool um but in general i thought the fighting was very choppy uh, mm -hmm. as compared to the wonder woman movie where i really did think that there was a coherent fighting style and i had a very easy time understanding what was happening in each fight sequence yeah. so um, I see where you're coming from. I, to just do a little more for that Superman versus Justice League scene. Yeah. I, that's like probably my favorite scene of the movie. Okay. And, and maybe my favorite, one of, definitely my top three of like all the DC movies so far. Um, I, I really thought it was cool when, number one, all, and as I was saying before, sorry, but... They were losing to Stephen Wolf before Superman showed up. And to like show how powerful he is, all of them were trying to stop Superman from like doing evil stuff. And like they were not even moving him. And then as the Flash is going behind him trying to do something sneaky, like in slow motion, Superman looks at him. And I thought that was so cool. I really liked that. That was a lot. That was awesome. And uh, I thought. That even though we didn't get much of him, Aquaman had some cool uh, scenes, like when he surfed one of those guys down the building, mm -hmm. and when and also I think that uh, some scenes, be. some action scenes where him and other people were helping him were good. So when Cyborg caught him and then threw him at a guy and he spear through, through, through <laughs> yeah, the hell out he of was him. like, yeah, brother, <laughs> <laughs> my <laughs> man. <laughs> Cool. Um, they, they sort of had to like bring in the sewers so that Aquaman wasn't totally useless, right? Yeah, yeah. Because otherwise, they, it's like they well, he's just—he's just, he's just a oh, you mean when the because uh... without water, he's useless. Basically. 
or he's just another like. I mean, I thought it made guy. sense though because like, the, I mean, the plot went to the where they were under what's the prison island called again? Um, I can't remember, but it was it made. I thought oh, yeah, I thought it was made sense because they showed it that There's it was so much stuff happened in this trashy movie. <laughs> <laughs> and also, like we haven't even talked about Lois Lane because you could have cut her character entirely out of the movie and nothing would have changed. Or alternatively, you could have written. Or you could have written, like, an actual role for Amy Adams, who's, like, a fantastic actress. What did you think about Lois Lane in the movie? Um, I liked that she was the big guns for Superman. Mm -hmm. I thought that was cute. I was really expecting, like, some boring-ass kryptonite thing. Do you want to remind us of what what happens there? So, um, when they're about to revive Superman, they're like, what if Superman's evil when he wakes up? Batman's like, I got some big guns for that. And you're expecting him to pull out his like humongous oh, yeah. kryptonite yeah. moon destroying device, right. it's but his girlfriend. but it's like his wife, um, and I don't know. I thought that was fun. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. And I think that Lois Lane in that moment started off well, um, but another problem is that they yeah, can't. They already have... had like six scenes of her in the movie that were just like. I'm sad, and then, like, Superman's mom was like, I'm sad, too. I'm like, why? I don't care about anything. And then, and then the, o- the only thing she gets to do, act proactively, is, like, make her man better. Right, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I, this is not one of my major complaints in the movie, but, like, particularly compared to the Wonder Woman movie, this, this really, like, had some troubling uh, lady thoughts. <laughs> thoughts about ladies. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. so going a little bit deeper, uh, with Lois Lane, I think that she and Superman had some nice sort of emotional, but not really scenes. Um, and being more general, I think that the movie had some good, like, emotional scenes where you kind of like actually care what's going on. Like, so I think that, uh, Flash with his dad. Mm-hmm. I, even though they didn't do much with that, I thought it was fun. Um, Cyborg, his whole story was interesting and uh, sort of sad, but sort of. Um, as I said, they just re- they they didn't do any enough pre movies for this, so they had to stuff a lot in. And what they did with Cyborg, I liked. So I think what they did with a lot of the characters so far is a good start and a good way that for the whole franchise to go, but they need to, like, give us more. So a lot of what appealed to you about this movie was the way that it sets up theoretical movies that don't exist yet. It sort of makes you hopeful. Not even sets up movies, just sets up, like, the the characters themselves for movies, I guess. Yeah. So I think that... So, kid, are you excited had... to go see a bunch more? Sets up a long tunnel to hell. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so this doesn't make you excited that now there's there's going to be twelve more DC comic book I... movies to see because of this one. Uh, Exciting for me. It's just, yeah, sure, fine. <laughs> I, I mean, like we're gonna movies. get we're gonna get twelve more episodes. That's good. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Um. um... So did you did you agree that that any of those scenes were touching or any of those dynamics were touching? Um, the the scenes with Flash and his dad were, you know, I think that was like the only time in the movie where they with like a very 
like an economy of time, they got a lot of sort of emotional impact. Is it possible, because I felt the same way, is it possible that that was the emotional relationship that worked for us because we've watched three seasons of The Flash? And so we yeah, had we had the introduction to this that the, that relationship, four. almost four. Did you say? I mean, we're on the fourth yeah. season. Yeah. So so we had the introduction of that relationship to make it meaningful. Yeah. Where, whereas we didn't have that for the other characters. Mm-hmm. Would we have, if we hadn't seen a bunch of stories between like the same characters, played by different actors but the same characters, like would we have gotten that out of those? I mean, obviously, it would have been different for me, as in if I was from. For example, Kate's perspective, and I didn't already know how Cyborg was created. It would have, it would have been like, why the hell is Cyborg like but this? But I feel like if you're going to make a movie, it is your responsibility as a filmmaker to give your audience a reason to care about right. the story that you're telling. What I will... And maybe like the solution in this circumstance would have... Like, I don't know. I, I felt like they simultaneously had too much backstory for each character and not enough. And I don't know, like, what, how to fix that, but that's why I don't make movies. Hmm. Um, one thing I will say, uh, helping in, in, def- in att- attacking the movie, sort of, mm-hmm. is that this is a really bad solo movie. As in, it does not, without, like, movies before it, or knowledge of the characters, it is not very good. And that's one yeah, thing. Which is why that's it one is thing a terrible movie. That Marvel does great is that Marvel sort of is like, let's just say, the iPhone right. of the DC movies. It's like simple, it's better for the common, common like, person. As in, Marvel is good at like being like, hey, common person that doesn't know everything about these characters already, yeah. here you go. Yeah. And DC, the DC so far has, except for Wonder Woman, I'd say, has been relying on fans right? that already know a lot about it. And, and I would say not just relying on the previous movies in this, in this universe, but on the cultural ubiquity of their characters. Right. They're, they're counting on you to care about them because you already do, mm-hmm. because you have them on bed sheets. All right, so, Isaac, on a scale from utter garbage to the best thing ever, you would give Justice League a... Um, fun, enjoyable, not very good. Okay, and Kate, on a scale from unwatchable Trek to transcendent artistry, you would give it. I mean, I guess it wasn't unwatchable. It was fine, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so. Uh, you, the listener, are gonna gonna have to settle this one on your own. Thank you for joining us for the very first episode of Know You're Wrong. If you'd like to weigh in on today's discussion, or if you've got your own score you'd like us to settle, you can find us on Twitter at Know You're Wrong Pod. Subscribe uh, SoundCloud SoundCloud.com/slash Know You're Wrong. We'll be back soon to address another quandary of little consequence, assuming Kate and Isaac are still on speaking terms. Until then, may all your takes be hot and correct, and we'll catch you on the flip side.